Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a pod- podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I have with me a very, very accomplished individual, Suparna Yamuna Chopra. Suparna, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, Suparna is a well-being coach and a yoga therapist, and before uh, this avatar, she was a very senior advertising professional with JWT for over 18 years. So Suparna, before we get into yoga and your life coach, tell me about your journey that got you from advertising to yoga and how it changed your life. Actually, yoga is just one of the things I do. I started off my journey with yoga and then it evolved to something larger and bigger. So just mm-hmm. very, very quickly sharing with you my uh, sort of journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, like many people who are in the corporate world uh, and they reach a level and a time in life that they start questioning, you know, what's happening? What's the meaning of life? What am I doing here? Uh, and uh, I think that happened to me when I was just, I think I was barely 40, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I said, okay, it's been 18 years. It's wonderful. I've had, uh, you know, wonderful experiences. Uh, you know, I had, uh, I was at a very senior position. Uh, you know, with all the perks and the frills and, you know, everything, the travel and everything, very exciting lifestyle. But I think uh, the last two years of my working life, I began to question, is this the way I want to finally die? You know, mm-hmm. is, is this what I want to be doing or is there something larger, a larger purpose for me than doing this? Sure. Uh, while, I, while I enjoyed most part of my advertising journey, I think I reached a point when I, these questions were looming large. And, uh, and it took me two years to really sort of muster the courage to say, well, there's something else I can do. There's something else, uh, something more meaningful, uh, you know, that I can do and I can have a larger purpose mm-hmm. in helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea what that was, but I think somewhere deep within, I think it had to be in the area of well-being or wellness or whatever you call it. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was craving that in my life. And maybe that's what propelled me into, you know, getting into that area so I could help other people who had shared my struggles in corporate life and come to a point where they said, this is it, you know, we can't go on any longer. And it Mm -hmm. happens to most, many of us. So I think I came to a point of uh, what is called in my career, my advertising career, I came to uh, a a point which I call the divine discontent. And it's actually, uh, it was really divinely orchestrated that Mm -hmm. that divine discontent was bothering me and that's when I decided to uh, act on it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I took actually initially I just took a six months sabbatical thinking that I may you know keeping my options open that I may want to go back Mm -hmm. but I think that never happened and never looked back and I think uh, you know that was the beginning of my spiritual quest Um, I did not not go seeking yoga at all uh, that was just one of the things on my, you know, on my bucket list that, you know, when I have time, mm-hmm. I will learn yoga. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was just about being a practitioner and uh, how I became a teacher was again, just a divine plan. Okay. It was not that I said, okay, I'm going to become a yoga teacher. It wasn't like that. Uh, also, just to tell you that at that moment, at that point in time, after I quit, I also lost my mother, which was mm-hmm. pretty early in life, very, very suddenly. And I think that propelled me into... Uh, you know, I just wanted some solace. I wanted some peace of mind. And I was seeking uh, to grieve on my own terms without people telling me it was a big loss for me because I lost my father when I was very young. Mm. So losing her was like, you know, this whole, you know, this whole roof going, sort of being pulled off your head kind of a feeling. And I think I just needed to get away. 
Okay. And so I so I decided to enroll in a teacher's training course, a yoga teacher's training course in a very large international organization and the mm. headquarters uh, in India are in Kerala. So I just went there just for this purpose of just being on my own, finding my own peace, grieving on my own terms, not never wanting to become a yoga teacher. But I think that one month was so uh, profound and so transformational that I came back saying that, you know, what I experienced um, I would like to share with other people. It was just that, you know, that feeling within me that I want to share this, what I experienced in that one month. So it just happened by default, by accident. And as most things in my life have happened by default and accident, never a plan. I think it's just a divine plan which guides me and I'm distrusting of it. That's it. So Wonderful. That's so Suparna, you know, uh, the whole world is talking of yoga. Everyone talks of yoga. Uh, I'm not sure how many people really understand yoga other than the asanas and some pranayam. So my question to you is, what is yoga? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, actually, Ashutosh, you're right. Unfortunately, for most people, um, they perceive yoga as a physical, as a physical practice. Okay, right. and that's a very limited way of uh, of looking at yoga because the benefits are far deeper, far more profound than just you know moving your body and you know becoming flexible, uh, that's all fine. That's also good because we need all of that at a physical well-being level. But, you know, the the mental and the spiritual uh, benefits are huge. Okay, so, uh, you know, uh, for me in my journey, I think what I've got is, I mean, I, I was looking for peace of mind. I was looking for a balanced uh, state of mind from which I could take, you know, better decisions, make better choices for myself. And I think for me, I got all of that from yoga. It's just about, for me, it's really about your mind. Mm. Uh, it's about, you know, managing and controlling your mind. That's really what yoga is. Mm. And it's about, uh, you know, it's about sort of uh, also being in a state of acceptance uh, and surrender that whatever is happening right now uh, is happening for my highest good. And out of this, something good is going to come. So that, and that, you know, really takes the anxiety and the fear from me. And I just sort of, I flow with life. Mm. So I think it's really about acceptance, surrender, about uh, being in balance, you know, and balance could be many ways, balancing your work life with your personal life, balancing, you know, different relationships so that balance manifests itself in many areas of your life. So mm. a lot of people miss uh, the, you know, the spiritual and the mental uh, well-being aspect of yoga. Mm. And, uh, and I think somewhere, you know, it's also sort of got to do with maybe the, the Western tradition that a lot of the yoga now has come back from the West to us mm. very strangely because it started, it emanated from, you know, us and our heritage. And now we're sort of, uh, you know, very uh, uh, mindlessly following what the West is telling us. And right. I think for a lot of Westerners, uh, I, I won't say all, but for a lot of them, it's more about, you know, the physicality of it. Yeah. It's about, you know, looking good, looking toned, you know, and all of that, which is mm. fine. There's no harm in that, mm. uh, in, in, in looking good and being fit. But it's just much deeper than, you know, just about the way you look. Mm. So, yeah. Very well said. Mm -hmm. uh, my next question is that, you know, you said you got yourself certified as a yoga teacher. Um, tell me what goes into getting certified. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier that I didn't go to get certified. I just went for some other purpose and I ended sure. up getting certified along the way. So for me, it wasn't that, okay, I am going to get certified as a yoga teacher. It just happened. But then it's a very intense, very, very intense uh, uh, process. Um, uh, you have to, you know, be in a very, very uh, frugal, a very simple uh, ashram kind of living, which for a lot of us uh, mm. city dwellers, like for me, it was a big shock for the first five days. 
even the food, I couldn't eat anything because everything was different. So there was a lot of discomfort, you know, physical and just materially. But having overcome that, you know, this it was such a profound experience because it's not about the way they, st they structure the course. It's not just about the physical practices of asana and pranayama, which are, of course, a major part. That's a hatha yoga part of uh, yoga. But they take us through all the different uh, parts of yoga, so to say. There's bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion, you know, where we are taught how to chant mantras and, you know, uh, prayers, etc. All in Sanskrit. So we also have to learn Sanskrit along the way. There is a yoga of uh, karma yoga, which we call the yoga of selfless service, okay, where, you know, you're, you're just doing stuff without the expectation of any output or result. So we may to do, uh, uh, you know, we, all the students who come in for the yoga training, uh, teacher's training course, they actually do all the tasks of the ashram, whether it's cleaning mm -hmm. the floors or the bathrooms. All the tasks are done by us, you know, by mm -hmm. the students. So that itself is a huge learning. Correct. Uh, how to really serve from your heart completely selflessly with no desire of any mm. appreciation or anything. And then there is a jnana yoga, which is uh, really the yoga of wisdom and knowledge, mm. where, we are, where we are taken through scriptures like Bhagavad Gita, uh, the whole Vedanta philosophy, which is very, very deep and sort of quite intense. Mm. Mm. So it's really a full system. So it's not just uh, the physical part is just one, maybe one fourth of the whole curriculum. It's really about that. And just leading a simple, frugal life uh, and by the end of it, you know, you realize that my God, I mean, why do I have so much stuff back home? When I came back from my teacher's training course, I looked at my things, I looked at my cupboards and I was, I felt sick just looking at so much stuff because mm -hmm. what the kind of happiness and the joy I got in one month with two sets of clothes, the uniform that we mm -hmm. got and very simple food and a very, very tough regimented life. I mean, it was just beautiful. Fantastic. So then you begin to question that, you know, what is it? And then I think that's when the realization comes that really less is more, mm. you know? So, and that's, I think for me, that was a big lesson besides all the yoga teachings that less is really, really more. Very interesting. And, you know, when I was reading about you, I, there was an interesting comment which said that our thoughts and our inner landscape create our reality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, help me understand this phrase. Okay, so, so besides, uh, like I said, uh, besides the path of yoga, uh, post my corporate life, a lot of other paths opened for me. Mm -hmm. I was following uh, this uh, wonderful uh, teacher and celebrated author called Louise Hay for many years. But that's when her teachings really sort of came alive for me. And when they came alive, I actually went to UK and I did the Heal Your Life teacher's training mm -hmm. uh, uh, curriculum there, very intense course. And I started teaching transformation, transformation workshops uh, where the basic, uh, the basic philosophies and our thoughts our beliefs mm. are creating our reality. They're creating our experiences, okay? So whatever we're experiencing in life, whether in the area of health, relationships, money, uh, life purpose, uh, any any area, it's actually a culmination of our thoughts and our beliefs. It's really about, it's a, it's really a, a simple law of the universe, the law of attraction, that what, uh, what we focus on expands, okay? It's actually a, not just a, law of the universe is actually, I mean, even quantum physics, they talk about, you know, energy. So mm. words, thoughts, feelings are all energy. Mm. And when we put out that energy out in the universe, we attract more of it. So therefore, if I'm focusing on thoughts of lack and loss and fear that, oh my God, you know, I'm going to get COVID 
or uh, I'm going to lose my money. And these kind of thoughts happen to all of us, you know, very, very dreadful thoughts of, you know, fear, fearful thoughts. So when we're actually constantly giving energy to those kind of thoughts and putting them out there, because anything that we think in our head is also is an intention, is a thought energy. Mm. We're actually inviting more of it back. So that's really the law of attraction that what you give out, you get back. So therefore, if, I, if I'm giving out thoughts of well-being, abundance, uh, gratitude, then that's what, that's what I get back. So what you give out, you get back, actually multiplied. Mm. So it's really a, a law of attraction, also called one of the laws of the universe. And that's the way it works. And I completely, completely believe in it. And that also having an understanding of how your thoughts create your experiences also then takes you out of the victim mode. That whole victim mentality that, you know, blaming other people, mm. you know, poor me, uh, this is what so-and-so did. It actually liberates you from a lot of that victimhood that you uh, impose on yourself and mm. therefore suffer. Because then you know that I'm equally empowered. If my thought created or my belief pattern created this kind of situation for me, I am equally empowered to, to change it around by aware, being aware of what that thought was and then shifting that thought to a more empowering thought. So it's actually very liberating. It's not about blaming yourself. It's about really sort of uh, taking responsibility that I can also change my situation similarly. Very so, interesting. Very interesting. so, I mean, I, so this is the way it works and for all of us. So it's, oh. not, uh, it's not sort of some major spiritual sort of uh, enlightening thing, but it's really the way life works. Yeah, it's very, it's, very, it's, it's very simple and the, more, the minute we... Uh, become present to this reality, I think a lot changes for us. Mm. Very interesting. So, so let's I, I teach, Yeah, sorry, I teach that through my workshops as well, how our thoughts in any area of our life, our belief patterns, how they're creating our experiences. So, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, you know, let, let's now move on and let's talk about, uh, you know, you being a life coach and a well-being coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to start with, tell me what is a life coach? So, you know, uh, life coaching is a very new, it's a, it's a fairly recent modality compared to, uh, you know, therapy, compared to psychologists, you know, mm -hmm. so it, it is a fairly new kind of discipline, if I could say that. Mm -hmm. So, let me just tell you very simply that a life coach is not some, some major guru who's sitting uh, on a pedestal giving you gyan. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's not what life coaching is about. It's about me... Uh, almost being, you know, at par with you as a coachee, the coach. The only thing is that I'm making you aware of the fact that, you know, you have your own, uh, what I call the, you know, your own, own internal GPS, you know, your own, uh, your own inner guidance, your own with inner wisdom, whatever you may call it, GPS, inner guidance, many ways of saying the same thing, that each one of us is in part with that inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. And a life coach actually helps you to access that, that, that wisdom that lies within you. And from and once you access that wisdom, then a lot of the choices and a lot of the decisions you make are led from there, mm -hmm. rather than you know the ego mind. So it's really about your, what you literally what your heart telling you is the right thing, mm -hmm. and to be guided by that space which is pretty sacred and it always has the right answers. Mm -hmm. So that's one uh, one uh, function of a, of a life coach, and the other uh, very important function is that uh, I will help my clients or coaches to really create a shift in perception. It's really about a shift in perception from say fear, from a fear-based mentality to one of faith and trust. Mm -hmm. A shift from say brokenness that I'm I'm all screwed up and I'm all, all broken 
to a to a shift to a wholeness mm-hmm. to a, a, you know to a place of judgment from a place of judgment to a place of self acceptance so it's really a perceptual shift that i will i facilitate in you know within that uh, the, the coachy and also making them uh, present to uh, you know the beliefs which are governing them that a lot of our life is governed and uh, dictated by our belief patterns which fortunately or unfortunately we picked up maybe as we were when we were little children unconsciously and then they become literally our programs in our head which start running our life mm. and to become present to those beliefs which may not be which may be limiting and may, may be negative beliefs uh, which may not be creating wonderful experiences for you so just mm. to make uh, the coachy present to those beliefs uh, so that they can see as to you know what situation they've created through their own beliefs so that's the other important so thing. tell me you know given all the challenges most of us have been facing because of the pandemic and in life in general yeah based on your experience what are some of the kind of challenges people are facing now and uh, would be great if you can show share some anecdotes without any names okay so uh, are you talking about just in the last like uh, in the oh, lockdown I mean, or the pandemic time or overall overall but i mean it's okay. i think a lot of them have got yeah. accentuated yes. because of the pandemic you're absolutely right ashutosh in fact let me start with the pandemic thing mm. because that's like top of mind for most of us and mm. uh, uh you know the two uh, very very uh, important areas which have come up especially in the pandemic they were important all along so i'm not mm. saying it's only pandemic related but like you said they actually got magnified uh during the pandemic thing one is relationships right a big one because you know all of us found ourselves locked up together families mm-hmm. which was not the case earlier everybody is running around doing their own thing you know going to office going to college whatever and suddenly we found this all of us you know in this what i call the chamber of enlightenment mm-hmm. it actually ended up being the chamber of enlightenment because we all stuck in the chamber right and you can go both ways you know either uh you can completely mess up your relationships more because of the close proximity and the fact that you're always in each other's space and you're you know it it can be pretty annoying if you're not mm. used to that and it can go the other way that this could also be an opportunity to uh to build uh on stronger relationships because we have more time we're all at home so to build uh you know a, a stronger family bonding or even between husband wife you know so uh, it could go both ways but um, unfortunately i've seen that it went uh, it went at least from you know my experience and the and the clients who i've been coaching it went the other way as in in many cases that you know relationships actually uh, suffered because of you know close proximity intolerance to each other's habits and patterns and you know little things being magnified into big things so i think uh, a lot of uh, marital marital discord also i uh, Uh, you know i noticed and observed because of like i said because of you know my workshops people people report back and my one on one sessions and that became a big issue and marital discord was one uh, the other thing within this whole relationship thing which actually sort of uh, messed it up more was uh, in a lot of cases i saw the increased uh, uh, consumption of alcohol mm-hmm. okay because i guess there was more time and people were bored and you know there was maybe so that also actually affected the whole relationship thing as well you know right. though correct so that's one area that's one area in terms of relationships and the other is prosperity mm. which which in any case is a very very um, 
uh, it's a very uh, significant area for all of us. Uh, uh, but I think in the last one and a half years, it got even more magnified the concerns around prosperity, money, abundance, uh, because you know people were losing jobs or salaries were getting cut, uh, no earnings happening. You know, so a lot of that, so that itself got magnified. There were lots of issues and this whole you know feeling of scarcity and loss and uh, I think that uh, also played a big role overall it plays but I think the last one and a half years it got further magnified uh, so there was a lot of insecurity about money uh, so that's that's the other area which I observed which became like a big issue for most people so yeah very interesting <laughs> so Suparna, I'm not going to move to the last segment of a conversation I have time for two or three questions now uh, for someone who uh, you know transitioned from a, such a high-profile advertising role into yoga, into life coach, into uh, spirituality, what are some of the core values you believe in? Um, firstly, uh, core values as a term uh, for me has these uh, very corporate connotations. You know, I know. Mission, mission statement, core values, which is fine. But I will tell you how I decode those core uh-huh. values. They may, they may not sound like very typical core, core values, but I'm not a typical kind of person. I do my own thing. So uh, one of, for me, uh, the biggest uh, value, which I appreciate in people and, and therefore it, it, at some level, I also imbibe it mm-hmm. and that, that sits well with me is uh, authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, just show up as you are. You don't have to be perfect to be acceptable. Show up just as your flawed, imperfect, quirky, you know, crazy self. Okay. Mm. And I really appreciate people who have the courage to do that. And somewhere, I won't say I've reached that level, but I, 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 I try and be myself all the time. And for me, that's liberating uh, to pretend to be something else. It confines me. So therefore, I think the authenticity, if I can call it in one word, the authenticity to be who you are, with all your warts, all your wrinkles, all your imperfections, Showing up like that is, is is courage for me, and that that really inspires me a lot amongst people. And you know, I I, I get inspired by people who walk their talk in that way. Uh, the second thing is um, the second uh, value that I really appreciate, and that's happened. Uh, it wasn't such a value for me when I was younger, but as I become older, I appreciate the the value of kind kindness. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and for me, that is really sort of you know it, it touches me. Uh, and uh, I've now begun to appreciate people not so much for the intellect, mm-hmm. how clever they are, how smart they are, and how brilliant they are. That's all fine. That's also good. No, I mean, no, no problems with that. But I actually appreciate people who are truly kind in every action and every thought and in mm-hmm. every behavior. So for me, and that's happened, you know, in the last few years as I'm sort of maturing, I find that I find that value very, very inspiring, you know, complete, authentic, pure kindness. <laughs> That's the second value. <clears throat> and um, uh, let me see, you asked for three? No, okay. no, any, any, whatever you want. Okay, uh, okay. okay. Fair enough. Then, uh, uh, then um, uh, you know, believing in your, in your own self-worth. Uh, and that, I think, somewhere is linked to the first thing I spoke about, about authenticity, that just being okay with who you are. Uh, is, 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 a, is a very big, is a great message you can give to others. Just being very comfortable with who you are, uh, for what you bring to the party. Uh, uh, the fact you're not perfect, but you're still, you know, all there. 
I think for me, uh, that feeling of I'm good enough just the way I am and mm. believing in my self-worth, I think that's a big one for me. Um, you know, so that's something that I try and live by and it inspires me that value that just be okay with who you are and not, not needing to conform uh, or to get watered down by people's opinions and judgments about you. I mean, that's another, it's a cause for suffering when you give your power away to people and, you know, so their judgments and opinions actually mm. define you. So I did that for many years. I mean, it's not that I did that for many years and I suffered. And now I think I've just become wiser and basically I don't care about <laughs> opinions and judgments as long as I know from within that this is what I, I'm meant to do and I'm doing it with my complete honesty. Uh, I'm fine. So, yeah. It's wonderful. So for now we've run out of time. Uh, so I just want to say thank you very much. Thank you for, you know, explaining so much about yoga and your journey and what you're doing as a life coach. Good luck and all the best. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you so much for having me. And I, it was wonderful. I wish we could have carried on, but I know you have a time constraint. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.